We've somehow, in the Christian circles, we bought this lie that our children are for the devil and that there's nothing that we can do and we must just sit back and wring our hands and say, well, I guess this is God's will. And, and just, I'm going to quote him. Don't get upset with me. He said, hell no. I will not stop praying. I will not stop pursuing. I will not stop being a dad who loves my kids and will enter in. I will not give up because I believe that God loves my children too, and that's his heart. Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. One opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Your word, oh God, your word to me, making me all that I need to be. Your word, oh God, means the world to me, the world to me. Good evening, everyone. My name is John McKenzie, and you're listening to A Word with God. And I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1 while we continue. We're actually finishing up chapter 1 right now. And the title of this message is, Stan, The Gospel of Jesus? The Gospel of Jesus? Yes, it is. Gospel of Jesus Christ. And the subtitle you had in here was, I'm Not Ashamed ashamed of the the Gospel. gospel. I thought you were asking me the title of this message. And I was trying to go back in my (laughs) brain and go, the title of this message was... The title of this message is really fun, as a matter of fact, because you gave it a Thanksgiving and it was appropriately called... The journey into depravity. Nothing to do with the food that people were eating. Right. Right. We're talking about more of the sexual idea. Yeah. yeah. But uh, interesting message to have at Thanksgiving. But um, anyways, that's the message. But it worked. It did work. And God used it. And uh, there you go. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in this message, one of the things you talk about here is where sometimes God has to allow people to go down a path Mm -hmm. so they can really uh, appreciate or they can actually understand for their own experience why that isn't the way for them to go. Yeah. That's never God's desire. Like God doesn't desire that that sin enters our life. Some people get Mm -hmm. that kind of messed around their brain. They think, well, God lets sin in or he wants sin to be. God doesn't want sin in our life. He knows that if we choose to sin, you choose to suffer. I mean, to quote Mm -hmm. James MacDonald, and that's that's true. It's very true. And so God doesn't say, well, I'm going to send this sin you know, John's way or Stan's way so they can learn something. But it's when we choose sin, when sin enters our life, God says, okay, I can use this. Instead of this destroying them, instead of this being, you know, I, I can use this in their life and, and shine in the midst of the darkness here. Okay. Now, and again, we're talking in Romans here, right? So Romans, they, they've, it's a pretty heavy letter that Paul's writing to the Roman yeah, church. It is. And and I'm guessing that there are some really good uh lessons that we can learn from this message today in our own lives when we're mm-hmm. talking about this. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I came up with here was, you know, it's the idea of right now there's probably people listening to the program who are planning on going down the road of sexual depravity. Yeah. Right? And I guess part of what I'd be asking there is, you know, what what are some practical steps that they can do to move away from those those wow. areas? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, John, and and I think each person's circumstance is going to require different things. But okay, here's you know number one, 
if you're going down that road, like, like stop, whatever it is, like cut cold Turkey. Don't plan on exit strategy. It's like, like stop right now. And, uh, some people think, well, I'll, I'll ease my way out. And that never works. Hmm. And so the second thing is, 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 uh, don't be undercover. Be open. Be honest. You need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody you trust, somebody that, that loves the Lord and mm. and is going to uh, help you and not spread that all around. But you need to start coming out of the witness protection program and saying, listen, listen, this, this is something I'm, I'm working through, something I'm struggling with. And so that the key people in your life know what's happening. So you, you uh, stop. You involve some key people. Mm-hmm. Then things like like studying God's Word, memorizing Scripture that deals with it. Uh, one of the first verses I learned was, There's no temptation that's taken you, but such is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. But with the temptation, make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. And so then you begin to lay some things groundwork down so that when it comes time and you're tempted there's something in the arsenal that god can bring forward and use it in your life so bring it out in the open tell other people that you can trust that'll come alongside that'll encourage you and hold you accountable Mm -hmm. begin to bring god's word into the situation and uh, there's there's a good step right there that that starts to bring you forward and just to add on to that too i mean let's let's say again we're talking about sexual depravity Mm-hmm. And if the person is attracted to a man, then they might they might not want to talk to a man about the sexual depravity they have. If it, you know, if yeah. it's so, if it, as an example, if it's a woman and she, you know, she's having temptations, you know, with men, she should mm-hmm. actually probably talk to a woman rather than a man. So. Yeah, we, you generally you generally go same gender, but mm-hmm. if you're having same gender issues, you need to be very careful who you yeah. open up to. Um, you still need to open up. You still need to be like truth and love, and and truth always sets you free. Hmm. That's that's the course you need to go down. But you need to be careful, very careful who you open those doors up to in your life. Well, technically, this is this is part of an addiction as well that comes out of it, right? Yeah. So just like an addiction, you need mm-hmm. to let people know, right? And, mm-hmm. and and it almost sort of when when you're doing that, it almost mm-hmm. sort of takes some of the power away from it. Yeah. I mean that's that comes down, especially in a day and age where where pornography and and whether it's same sex or or heterosexual, but pornography is so prevalent on the internet, on your iPhone. Like the, you, are, we are so connected that you have to take uh, special precautions. And something like a, a program called Covenant Eyes doesn't stop you from going anywhere, but it reports, mm-hmm. and uh, also reports if you ever shut it off. So, I mean, all of our elders, we have covenant eyes just for personal accountability with each other in the body because we know how easy it is to be tempted and, and we want to be above reproach. So we, even though we may not have a difficulty, we still uh, are cautious and we build accountability and protection into our lives. That's nice. You know that. All right, well, let's get going in the message, and then maybe at the end we'll have a couple uh, a couple more questions we can go through. So it talks about the person who's, who is grooming, who is prepping this person, and malice. That's just depravity of heart and life. Malignant hatred is what mala- molasses, 
that's not what molasses is. Molasses is this black stuff and goopy, and you put it on top of pancakes. But it, I'd rather have maple syrup. Malice. Depravity of the heart. Then it begins to describe, we've got this, they are. And it begins to describe what flows out of this kind of person. So it's gone to what has filled them, and now here's what flows out of them. Gossips. It's, it's this whisperer, this secret slanderer, this detractor from people's character. Gossips, slanderers, means defamers, evil speakers, backbiters. Haters of God. They, they, these people in no way want God in their life. They don't want to acknowledge God. They don't want his rule. They, they want nothing to do with him, and they hate him. Insolent. Uplifted with pride. Heaping insulting language on others. That's what an insolent person is. They think they are all that, and they're going to let you know you're not all that, and they're actually going to put you down in order to lift themselves up. That's insolent. Arrogant as the I'm better than, wiser than, smarter than. And they like to point out that they despise everyone they see as competition. That's who an arrogant person is. You get an arrogant person and another, another person who's somewhat arrogant, you put the two of them together, they'll kill each other. Boastful, it's an empty pretender. Inventors of evil, I mean, they daydream, they scheme up. How can I, how can I turn this to something that's not right. Ever met people like that? They just push every limit and every, every sin, and they, it's just like they invent ways to sin. Disobedient to parents. Not compliant. It starts in the home. Moms, if you have a child who is strong-willed, you need to win, and you need to win now because at three, four, Five, you can still overpower them. But if that continues, try it at 16. Try it at 17. And you might as well hang on to an angry bull because it will carry you and switch you around and you will not be able to control it. Be careful what you think is cute. Be careful what you let go my teacher friends tell me in September they are just like, and then they can back off a little bit. Children are like that too. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding, they're, they're just dumb. When it comes to God and that God is there, it's, it's kind of like where that word goes. I mean, I hate to use that word, but the, the truth of God escapes them. You, you ever explained something what you think is fairly simple to someone else and you get that blank look and they haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And they, yeah, untrustworthy. They're promise breakers, not promise keepers. Unloving, without natural affection. They, they just have no, they're unsociable was the word that was in the lexicon. Just don't get along, unloving. They, other people don't want to be around them, and they don't want to be around other people. Unmerciful. Nothing causes a tear. Nothing touches their heart. There's a hardness. Wow. The journey away. So God gives them over to depravity. What fills you begins to flow out of you. And thirdly, when you shut the door on God, you'll crave the approval and the company of others. 
you'll crave the approval and the company of others. Because what's happened here is you've rejected God. And just as we talked about the redesigning, you have redesigned the universe with you at the center. You are now God. And there is something within every one of us. If we do not worship the true God, we want other people to worship with us and worship at our feet and think that we are in that place. Verse 32. And although they knew... idea of knowing. They, it's, 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 it's like they know, but they don't totally comprehend, but at some point, at some part in who they are, they know that there is a God. Romans 1, the very first part of this, told us that you can't escape that. You cannot look at this world and go, there's something bigger than me. There's something bigger than me here. And although they knew the ordinances of God, the decisions of God. It's the idea of knowing, like when we look at law and precedent law, they know what the judge has judged before. They know where the judge stands on this matter. And though they knew the ordinance of God and those who practice, that those who practice, those who, who commit, those who lay down a path of this kind of lifestyle, this kind of living. And we're not just talking the male to male, female to female. We're talking all the things that they've filled their life with and all the things that are flowing out. That is a descriptor. Paul uses this whole lesbian homosexual thing as a descriptor. He doesn't make it the number one. It's like not number one wanted poster sin. I hope you get that. That your gossip is just as offensive to God. Your complaining spirit is just as offensive to God. God's just laying, or Paul's just laying something out here that's easy to go, ding, I get this. And although they knew the ordinance of God and those who practice such things are worthy of death. He's not just talking about homosexuality and lesbianism. He's talking about all these things. Every sin is worthy of death. Every sin is a capital crime against God. They not only do, they not only do the same, this depravity thing, but also give hearty approval. It means to be pleased with, it means to applaud. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're at the, you know, the Olympic thing again, and the person does all those backflips across the floor. I mean, I, could, I think I'd be dead. But you ever see those people? They just jump in the air and they like a fish flopping on the like, and you go like, I, I can never do that. There's just part of me that's not. No, there's too much of me to do that. I mean, I would end up dead. They applaud, they cheer. It's like go for it. They not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval. They applaud. They cheer on those who practice them. They affirm their choices. And the end of self-worship is to create others in your own image to give their approval. There's a very interesting, if, for you who are in catacombs, there's a YouTube link for this week's study that takes you to an amazing, it's about a 40-minute, you need, you need to make a cup of coffee and, and make a sandwich or something and sit down and listen to this because it has nothing to do with Scripture, but this man has just made an amazing defense for marriage, an amazing defense of what, and his bottom line is, is with a craving of a person caught in this is, is approval. 
approval of society, approval of the people around them, and that's what's driving the agenda, to feel I'm okay, and to have other people say I'm okay. And as I said earlier, any time I've been with someone who's been in this position, there is a great sense of not being okay. I have not found anyone yet who, when that really hits the fan and they're alone and they're honest, who doesn't say it's not okay. I don't feel okay. I don't like where I am. Well, what do I do if someone I love is there or headed there? I mean this with all of my heart. Don't think that you can argue them into seeing what's right. You can't. They see the world totally different. They've, they've, they've let go of God, and they've gone down a path where reality is not what you see reality as being. You cannot argue them out of it, and arguments just lead to dissension. Arguments just lead to to distance arguing for God to be quite polite to you. God does not need you to argue for Him. He needs you to live for Him. Number two, don't write them off. Think of the prodigal son and all that he went through. And honestly, you may be dead before the turnaround. I I love when we were at a vertical church in Hamilton two weeks ago. And James McDonald is a very conservative. In the, and he said, we've somehow in the Christian circles, we bought this lie that our children are for the devil and that there's nothing that we can do. And we must just sit back and wring our hands and say, well, I guess this is God's will. And, and just, I'm going to quote him. Don't get upset with me. He said, hell no. I will not stop praying. I will not stop pursuing. I will not stop being a dad who loves my kids and will enter in. I will not give up because I believe that God loves my children too, and that's his heart. Hey, Stan, question for you. Where do you go to church on Sundays? I, I go to 112 Spadina Road West. John's the same place you go. I'm just checking. Just have you never sure. seen me there? I have seen you there, but normally like, you're speaking. I'm the guy up front speaking. I know. You did a great job of it too. So 112 Spadina Road West, and it's Evangel. Community Church. Evangel Community Church, right close to uh, St. Mary's. It's fairly close to there. Kitchener, Ontario. Grab a Tim's. See you there. Number three. Don't argue. Don't write them off. Speak the truth in love. Ask for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Remember Joseph said, you meant it for evil to his brothers, but God meant it for good. Joseph had to learn. That's something he sucked at as a kid. He told them things he should never have told them. He did not listen to God, and he just let things. If you have someone that is very close to you who is caught in a lifestyle or in this thinking pattern or who's caught in this... It, it's, it's like you need God to open the door of the conversation. You need to keep your mouth shut until God says, now is the time to open it, and here are the words, and you 
just need to stop meddling because so many of us think that we are the Holy Spirit and somehow we're, I mean, God is kind of sitting back there and obviously he needs our help because nothing's happening and we enter in and we think that we, shut up. Live for God. Let God speak. And when God gives you a God moment, then say something. Don't say more than he tells you to say. Don't say less than he tells you to say. Say exactly what he tells you to say. Four, pray for and over them. I've, I've gotten a habit at times. If I'll grab a picture of the person I'm praying for. That helps me focus. It just makes it more real for me than just... I'm I'm a visual person. I'm kind of that way. And so I have held pictures and cried over them and prayed over them. Prayer is the essential. Prayer is the gateway. And, And when you pray... Don't tell God what's going. God knows what's going on. He doesn't. I, I listen to so many prayers. It's like the commentary of a football game. And God, I just want to let you know that this, it, it, it's just like, no. God, God needs you to pour your heart out. One, the grief that you bear for this. Two, anything that you have to do with it that you have done, asking forgiveness and asking for repair. You need to be praying that spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, that they will actually hear God and see what he has in his word. There's things that you need to be praying. It's not giving God the information. God doesn't need a newspaper. He's very capable of knowing what's going on, praying over them. So don't think you can argue. Don't write them off. Speak the truth in love. Pray over them. Number five, don't make your love for them conditional on being compliant. It tells a person that I'm only loved when I do what's right. And, and, and you guys with kids, you love your kids, even if they do what's wrong. And you may be frustrated with them. And, and you may want to give them a shake. Ever been there, Mom? Not yet. Not quite yet. Okay, it will come. But your love is not conditional. I should ask the older people. Been there yet? This <laughs> is a smile. Love is not conditional. Forgiveness with God is one condition. And that's allowing Jesus to take your place. That's the condition. But God still loves. Don't make your love for them conditional. And finally, plead for God's mercy that he would not give them over. I think that's something that we miss. That there is, and, and I would put Moses, and you would say, well, how do you, how do you, how do you get that? Remember after the golden calf thing and they were up on, Moses is up on the mountain and he's got God's short list of here's just how to live for me. And God says, you better get down there because these guys have just gone wonky. Remember, remember um, uh, Aaron? It's like they're, they're saying, like, what are we going to do? Moses is gone and we aren't going to see him ever again. And, 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 and he tells Moses afterwards, I threw gold in a fire and out walked a calf. That's kind of a mystical experience, isn't it? Um, but they make this golden calf. And remember, they come, Moses comes down and he smashes the tablets and, and he grinds the gold into powder and makes them drink it. And they just think of in the latrine the next few days. As you're di- like, isn't that weird? He makes them eat the gold? He says, you think this is what's going to brought you out of Egypt? Let me show you where this ends up if you eat it. What a visual. 
maybe not. Anyway, God gets to a point and he says, stand back. The cup is full. The last drops are, I am going to take them out. And I will raise up from you a nation. Now, I'm not as, I don't think, I'd be going, that sounds kind of cool. The Starkey Nation. And, and, and it's, everything's going to, and, and like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the oldest one in the family now, other than Uncle Ralph, and he's got not much longer to go. I, I could, I'd be the head of the Starkey Nation. Moses, Moses isn't like that. Moses pleads with God to forbear, not to take his hand off, not to give the nation over into the hands of the enemy. And if you have someone in your life that's following this path, you need to be on your knees day and night and pleading that they would have more opportunity, that there would be a softness that would come into their heart, that there would be an opportunity. And you go like, I don't care what I have. However you can use me, I give myself totally in your hands to be used in this. So Stan, just a couple of quick questions here. So the journey away from God typically ends in depravity. Yes. Right? So can you, can you kind of expand on that a little bit so we, we get a bit better picture of it? Well, the more you reject God, the more you turn away from what he's brought into your life, then we have a hardening of the heart. And as the heart hardens, so does the conscience become seared. Now, your conscience is still a fallen conscience. If you're, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, your conscience is is um, subject to sin, just like every other part of our life. But what is there, the kind of early warning systems, what I call the conscience, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, there's a missile coming in. Maybe we should keep our eyes on this. That becomes becomes more and more seared to the point where I can enter in and do something um, that, that doesn't even phase me anymore. I had a friend that started going to strip clubs, and the very first time he said, like, he's just shook. He was so like, who's going to see me and what's going to happen? And, and, and by the end of this journey away, it never faced him any longer. His conscience was seared. His heart was hardened. And, and it was just nothing to him. Hmm. So, and, and part of what I think of here too is that the more that you're getting God out of your life or your heart, it just means that there's, it, it's a vacuum. There's something mm-hmm. that's going to fill that mm-hmm. space as well, right? And the enemy knows that. And he's ready, willing, and waiting. Yeah, yeah. And and then all of a sudden what happens is you have a new taskmaster that you're yeah. dealing with. Yeah. Right? So, everyone, thanks a lot for joining us this evening. And again, we're going to continue to go through Romans uh, next week, and we're continuing to go through our series that, again, we call The Gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> there we go. So we're going to continue next week on this. And actually, uh, just so you know as well, even uh, even this evening or this this Sunday at church, we're going we're continuing to go through Romans as well. So if you want to come join us, we'd love to see you there. So again, thanks for joining us this evening. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs.
right through the fight with the promise of new life.